Real changes require real solutions. At Back to Life Radio, powered by BZ Transfer Systems, we know that life happens. And when it's time to get back to life, we're here for you. Now, here are your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Paul Frazier, and I'm here with my co-host, Sandra Beck. How are you doing, Sandra? Wonderful. Thank you for letting me be here today. Great. And our special guest today is Linda Pavick. How are you doing, Linda? I am doing great, Paul. Thank you. Great. Excellent. And our sponsors today are BZ Trans Systems, the makers of our premium transfer board. You can reach us at bzboards.com. That's B-E-A-S-Y boards.com. Check out all the products we have there for you. And also by Copper Touch, a lifetime of germ protection right there in your hands with Copper Touch. You can get a hold of them at coppertouch.com. Check out all their stuff on what copper can do to kill germs for you. So today is a show about, I think a lot of us need this, respect and integrity. You know, as we were growing up, we were always told to respect our elders and to respect our parents and also to respect people with authority. Well, you know what? I think people have lost it, to tell you the truth. I think nowadays you look out, you turn the TV on, you, nothing but people disrespecting each other, the news people, the political people, everything is all disrespect. I, I don't know. I think everybody's running down the street with their head cut off. I just think that People have got to really dial it back and have more respect for one another. I mean, you go out in today's world and you got people that are just so rude in line and everything, which you're waiting for groceries. Ah, I throw up, sometimes I even throw up my hands and say, I give up, but I can't because I do believe in the human faith. And I do believe that people can rally around this and pull their heads back together. And I think that they can. They can really overcome this. But I think the reason why people are losing so much respect and everything, and Linda and Sandra, you got to, and maybe you believe me or not, but I think people have lost faith in everything. And I think faith is a big thing when it comes to respect and integrity. Don't you think, Sandra? Well, you know, you mentioned something very interesting. You know, you wove in in the word integrity. And I don't think you can have respect without integrity. And you can't have integrity, you know, I guess you can have integrity without respect because people can still behave in that manner. But let's let's for the purposes of today's discussion, just kind of define these terms because they can mean different things to different people. Now, respect is a way of treating or thinking about someone or something. You know, you you respect is something that you give respect is something on your end. Now, integrity, however, Integrity is a practice. Integrity is a practice of being honest, showing like consistent and uncompromising standards that are ethical and moral. You have principles, you have values. You know, when somebody has integrity, it means that they have an honesty or a truthfulness or a fairness or an accuracy in their actions. So it's very easy to respect someone 
who's a person of integrity. But what's happening, I think, in this free-for-all society that we're having is people are not acting with integrity. You know, they're grabbing what they want. They're pushing through lines. They're storming the Capitol. They're, they're you know, lying and, and acting in self-interest. All of those things are the opposite of integrity. So they can't generate any respect because it's false to respect authority if authority has no integrity. And so I think we have to work on the integrity issues first, and then the respect will follow. Linda, what do you think? No, I agree. I think your definition was really sound. And uh, Paul's opening um, covered a lot of areas. I tend to be a little bit more simplistic in my philosophical thinking. And um, I agree with Paul um, that when, when we are young children, we used to be told, you know, respect others, mm-hmm. um, have manners. Um, I came from a very Scandinavian culture, which was really big on respect. And so even to this day, many, many years later, I would never sit down at a table to eat until the host or hostess is already seated. I would stand behind my chair and people think that's really odd. It's a sign of respect. It's a, it's um, mm-hmm. a lot of cultures bring different um, means of respect into their teachings, which is really interesting. So one of the things that I think we've lost in keeping on that subject and Paul and Sandra, I'll throw this back to, to the two of you. But one of the things that really is almost amusing to me is we're dealing so much with cultural differences right now right. across the world. You know, the Internet has made us a small place. So cultural differences are front and center. But all of us grow up based on what our uh, mores and standards are that we were taught culturally. But we've lost the ability to respect one another's uh, differences. And I think that's what makes the, the biggest change that I see. Yeah, cultures clash. When cultures clash, you get different kinds of respect, I guess, from people from different cultures. Well, you respect things differently. So you may have a Middle Eastern culture that has a different form of respect Mm -hmm. than my Scandinavian culture, Mm -hmm. than maybe Sandra, the culture that she was familiar with. But instead of respecting that or embracing it, or in my case, I was always fascinated by all the different things. Yeah. But instead of doing that, we make fun of other people or we demean other people for the way that they are. To make it to make you feel better. You know, I mean, I think I think when we're talking about these topics is that I do believe I wrestle with it because. I see it every day when I'm out, out and about and even in, you know, sometimes the workplaces, there's nobody has it anymore. And I, where did it go? I mean, where did it go? Does any, can anybody tell me where it went? Sandra, tell me where it went so I can get it back. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a systematic uh, devaluation over time. I don't think it. I don't think we just woke up one morning and, um, you know, and and had this problem. I think a lot of it is that we have, and you know, and I'm going to just go out on a limb here, and I'm going to put some of the onus on social media. Um, you know, one of the things that is happening right now is, you know, people use the Tenth Amendment. You know, it's our right to challenge our government. Absolutely it is but how you do those things is really up to you know kind of the individual and if the individual doesn't have self-control or respect for themselves or others or property you know we have we have mayhem but when you look at at things being portrayed as facts. You know, when I was growing up, we had facts that came from our church, from our parents, from our school. Now we have a whole nother entity kind of throwing a wrench in the monkey works of these kind of factoids that appear on social media. And, and many times they, they carry over to traditional media. And so people go, yeah, 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 that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody stops to think and go, is this true? Is this valid? Is this real? is this right? Is this human? You know, all of these checkpoints that, you know, when I worked as a, on an, um, for, for a newspaper, you know, I was a newspaper reporter in Michigan and in Chicago. And the first thing my editor would say to me when I'd bring him a story, go, is this true? Is this valid? Can you back it up? Do you have your sources? Have you, you know, gone through this whole checklist and have you covered the who, what, where, when, why, and how? Well, we don't have any of that vetting anymore. We just put something up on social media or we put it up on the news media which is not the news and we claim fact and we have no backup so we have There's an entire no population of confused people not knowing which way to turn what is real what is fake we have doctored photographs you know the only way you can tell a doctored photograph today is mathematically you know you look at the coding behind the photograph and there's a series of numbers in every photograph that make up the picture itself and when those numbers get out of sequence we know the photos doctored but you can't you can't do that from from the human eye when we've had you know with the pandemic we had these pictures and i i saw them of supposedly Southern California and all these people sunning on the beaches. Well, they were pictures used from Miami because Miami Beach is very different than Santa Monica Beach. You know, wow. the states have the sun's on the wrong side, you know. <laughs> wow. So, wow. You know, so there's no there's no checking of people's work anymore either. And and uh that's the problem is that the morals of the standard human being are gone. There is no morals for anything. And when I watch these news programs of all these people, you know, they interject, you know, when you watch somebody interview somebody, they always, they always interrupt them. You know, they never get done talking on what they're, what they're saying, but they always are just, you know, rah, 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 you know, all the inter they're fighting back and forth and it doesn't get anything done, you know, and it's just, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to dig myself a hole and I'm going to go down and I'm going to bury it and I won't come back up until five, <laughs> five, ten years from now. You know, I think that's the only way that I'm going to deal with this because I'm really having a tough time. People are so rude. I don't know what to do. Well, you have to look 
that too, you know, ratings, you have, you know, I worked for Disney and CBS and, you know, those are fine organizations and I'm proud to have worked for them. Um, And same thing like with the Chicago Sun-Times and the Kalamazoo Gazette. However, media does not sustain itself without advertisers. And how does media gain advertisers? They have to have viewers. Without any viewers, there's no point in advertising on a show. So I think what I've watched over the last 20 years is kind of this creep of entertainment news, you know, something posing as news, but being weird or exciting or interesting or graphic or, you know, some horrific murder that is splashed all over the headlines because human nature, like this is chicken and egg, human nature is drawn to those things. You know, I was on the internet the other night looking at something and this little flash came up and it said the, the 10 most heinous crimes in 2020. Um, you know, as rated by like People magazine, something like that. So I'm like, huh, wow, I, I'd like to see that. And I looked at it, and I'm horrified. I wish I hadn't, but my instinct was, huh, that looks interesting. And that's that's what's drawing people to the news. So the news is feeding on that thing because they can get viewers and then they get sponsors and they make a lot of money. No news, bad news is good news. Good news is bad for the for the news programs, you know. Well, I have kind of a different take on it than the two of you. I think that um, what is really desensitizing people is is um, technology. Oh, I don't think we can have conversations anymore. So Mm -hmm. I have many people that I associate with that are in their 80s and 90s, and they do not understand. Um, They they use the term. I'm going to go visiting. And if you talk to other people about that, they would look at it like you're nuts. What is visiting? I mean, um, I look at pictures. I, I was just telling Paul this morning, I people can't walk from one building to another without their cell phone in their hand. Yeah. Very much so. They can't. Um, married couples have to text one another yeah. during the day. The last thing in the world I would want to do is be texting with my husband. I can't even imagine how much I don't want to text with my husband when I'm at work. Well, how about when you're downstairs and she's upstairs and they're texting back and forth? It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy when I think about the fact that people have to be so connected that they've lost their sense of independent identity. And that's what I think is really scaring me, that we are so bound to Facebook and Twitter and our cell phones. And I see a lot of people, I have some some friends that are, like I said, in their 80s and 90s, and they don't understand the technology. They're not texting and doing all of that. In fact, most of the time, they're not even using my phones. They're just getting these feeds that their uh, grandchildren will tell them, well, look at this, look at this, grandma, look at this. And they're getting these ridiculous news stories. And then they'll say, oh, Linda, did you hear about this? This happened, this happened. And I'll look at them and I'll say, well, no, that's not exactly what the story is. Where did you hear that? Oh, well, I got it on my phone. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, that's what's yeah. happening to us. And so um, we're getting off the subject of integrity and respect. But I think what happens is that, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, we've lost our sense of identity and integrity because we are so addicted to our technology and we can't be independent human beings anymore. And 
have our own life without having to rely on somebody else to communicate with us 24 hours a day so that we feel like we're something. And I think that's a bad thing. Yeah, I think you're right. I think human contact has got to be more there than seeing, you know, texting somebody through a phone, you know, and that's what people are losing is the face-to-face time. You know, they think they can, they think they can, well, like businesses now, businesses, some businesses don't even want to see you. They just want to do it through an email and stuff. And, you know, they'll take an order through an email and not even talk to you uh, on the phone, even, you know, leave a message at the tone. And then, you know, you, you drop them your email and then they start emailing you back and forth. You never even get to meet the person on the other side, you know? Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. That's how, and so from an electronic standpoint, everything is, you know, we're not going to have paper money. We're not going to have checks. We're not going to have control of our own funds anymore. It's all going to be in cyberspace. That bothers me, but it doesn't seem to scare other people because they just think, well, that's all good. I don't think anything that you can't touch and feel and that isn't right in front of you is is really great. Right. But that's just me. Well, I tell you guys, integrity as defined by the dictionary is the quality of being honest or having strong moral principles. I can say that probably three quarters of the United States don't even have honesty and moral principles. Well, People I don't with- think they think about it. Like, you know, what Linda was talking about, Paul, and is, is, you know, the speed, you know, what I'm hearing from you guys is, you know, this kind of fourth industrial revolution, you know, which has caused this war for consumer attention, you know, get, get your attention of your, you know, your elder family member or friend, you know, get, get your attention, capture your attention, you know, that's the new war today. And when you're always influencing people and capturing their attention, you have no room for respect or integrity because respect and integrity take time. And I think that's one of the things you guys are talking about bumping up against with like these email transactions, you know, or never talking to a person. Email is faster. Text is even faster. You know, Amazon two day delivery. We'll get it there to you tomorrow. Even in a snowstorm, if we have to put our drivers at risk, like, you know, go, 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 go faster, faster, faster. Well, integrity means to stop slow down, think about what you're doing, think about what you're saying, think about what you're posting, and thinking about what you're sending over your phone. Well, there's no integrity in a speed war. Respect means when you guys come in in the morning, Linda, you probably say hello to all your employees. You treat them with respect as a human being. What does that take you, 15 minutes in the morning? Right. No, I do. I say good morning to everybody. Right. So that respect, you could just blow in or you could send a text to somebody going, hi, 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 you know, and fire off 50 texts in 12 seconds. But is that really respecting, seeing or acknowledging the person as a human, as an individual? No, it's not. So in the speed game of the 2021, like business and life game, integrity and respect are left in the dust because they take time. Well, I think it's not just the time, but sometimes I think it takes courage, too, because I know there's certain phone calls that I would imagine many people, if they had to make the phone calls that I do, sometimes the things that I have to deal with where there's controversy 
Um, it's not necessarily the most fun thing you want to have a discussion about. Would rather be texting so that they don't have to. Right. Yeah. They don't have to um, Go deal with those yeah. the other person's um, responses. Mm -hmm. You know, when you've got a text, you've got time to look at it, deal with it, decide how you're going to want to handle it. I see everything backwards. I honestly have been questioning whether or not I might have been from another planet <laughs> because everybody in texting looks at the text messages like they really are communicating yeah. and that they know what the other one's feeling. And I look at them and I say, you don't see the emotion behind what's really going on there. So there is no way of knowing, unless it's just a straight business transaction. Let's say that the banker sends me a text and says, uh, Linda, the uh, funds went into the bank one hour ago. Thank you. Okay, that is straight to the point. I can understand that. But let's say that you have a friend or a colleague or somebody, and they say, you know, I just was thinking, you know, this just doesn't really work for me. It doesn't feel very good. And I'm a little bit confused about this. And and they're they're dealing, but you don't know what their emotion really is. Yep. And you don't know how you want to respond. And then they don't know what your emotion is when you respond, because it doesn't matter to me how much texting you do. You never can learn emotion by staring at a phone. Well, that's why they invented emojis. I mean, <laughs> which I refuse. By the way, I have a really good friend, William, and uh, I refuse to use them. So he and I have a standing joke where I'll say, "Oh, this would be then the smiling, winking, flirting, whatever it is emoji," and then he'll send back to me, you know, the same yeah. kind of thing because I refuse. I will not use that stuff. It's insulting to me. Emojis. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Devil's advocate here, guys. So you know, using Linda's Linda's example, you you send something of an emotional nature to somebody in a text, and I answer the letters O and K. I just say okay. Yeah. What does that mean? Does okay mean yes? Does okay mean I understand? You can't see me nodding my head yes or shaking my head no or the expression on my face or the inflection in my voice. You've missed all of those key parts of the information of how we communicate with each other. I mean, language is only a very small portion of our communication with each other. So texting two letters, and I love using the word okay, because what does okay mean? You literally gotten nothing but two letters but well you know go on and on with their own assumption right you know i use when i text i use all kinds of emotions i tell you what <clears throat> mine are all if i'm really mad mine are all capitals and exclamation points oh. and then i send them off <laughs> no no i agree with you you don't know what's going on behind the screen of the person that's sending it. I mean, he could be all mad. He could be, you know, who knows? But that's the problem that Linda was saying about technology. We're not being, back in the 70s and 80s, we didn't even dream about, I mean, how did we survive without a cell phone, you know? Well, to me, you know, there's always been bullying and yeah. um, abuse that have gone on mm -hmm. amongst human beings all through since the beginning of time, right? Right. I mean, we go back to the uh, Garden of Eden and one brother kills the other. I mean, it, it starts out from the very beginning. Right. But since technology has come into being, yeah. the abuse to me 
has gotten so much worse where kids are actually killing themselves yes. because they want it just to stop. It's mm-hmm. just like, make it stop, make it stop, make it stop. Yeah. And I went through um, blowing way back when in my era and we had no technology whatsoever. Right. The kids were mean, but I was able, I guess, to, I was able to look at them and think to myself, wow, you know, this doesn't feel very good. It really hurts. I'm horrified. But someday I'm going to prove to them that I'll come out the winner and they'll come out the loser because I could see how small they really were. That's the same And way how I they think, all yeah. hold up in their little yeah. groups and picked on yeah. other people. And because I was different and I didn't think the same way they did. Mm-hmm. But now kids don't have that ability to do that. I don't know how you feel about that, Sandra, but I feel really strong, yeah. uh, strongly about that. And, you know, you said something very vital in the conversation of these kind of text or social media wars, you know, bullying wars. You know, when you and I and Paul were bullied, you know, because I think we were all bullied at some point, you know, there might have been 10 or 20 kids max that knew what was happening. When my younger son was being bullied because of his dance, um, there was a, a thing that was sent over the school you know, online group that was in some social media, Snapchat, or I forget which one it was, but it reached like 400 people, you know, and that's the thing about, that's why I think the X, you know, there's a, there's two reasons for this, this exponential explosion in bullying. Number one, a bully can reach hundreds or thousands of people in a school district, not just your kids on the schoolyard or the kids you walk home with, but also people are much braver, children especially are much braver in hurting other children as long as they don't have to see that person's face. They can get a bunch of claps or, you know, emojis like, yeah, great, good job, you go, you know, they get encouragement because no one's looking at the bullied child and people are super brave. And I see this in the parent communities as well. There's no integrity, there's no respect in these parenting groups that exist to help you know, a school navigate. We have a high school group that helps navigate problems. Well, it's always a witch hunt because some teacher gave a kid an F and the parent's gonna go postal you know, on this, this group and there's right. no respect, there's no integrity, there's no backup, but all of a sudden this one disgruntled parent can reach 500 parents. So Linda, you're absolutely right that the stakes are so much higher today because social media allows people, texting allows people to reach a large amount of people with one swipe of the finger. And they also hide behind it too. You know, they also hide behind social media, uh, all the computers and everything. And, you know, the parents are a lot to be blamed here about how they're raising their kids and everything because their kids see what their parents do and i see a lot of parents out there that are just horrible not just to the kids but to when they have their kids with them they're you know they're so rude and they're just disrespect from everything and these kids see that guess what that breeds disrespect and they're gonna they're gonna learn that like like every day of their life that, that that's okay to act like that you know it's just well yeah it's you crazy go, people it's crazy 
you go to any sporting event, you know, like last year, this was one of my pet peeves because you've got all these parents going to kids' sporting events and watch oh. next time, look up in the stands, how many parents' heads are down in their lap because their phone's sitting in their right. lap head is bowed they're actually on their phone doing whatever with work or friends or you know whatever they're doing but they're not watching their own kid play the sport and the kids know this and it, i believe it's systemic the kid looks up in the stands sees dad is here to watch him but he hasn't gotten off his phone so is he even you know it would be a better if the dad had not even gone to the game at all but stayed in the office or stayed in the parking lot and done his business because the kid ends up feeling terrible i no, I hear this at my house all the time with my kids' friends. Why did my mom even go? She didn't get off her phone the whole time. And so you've got angry kids. And I think all of this is where the technology is eroding our relationships. And we don't treat each other with respect. And we're not acting in integrity because going to a kid's game doesn't mean staying on the phone with your friends. That's not in integrity. So we're having a shift, maybe with the technology um, moving as fast as it is, we're having a shift is actually how human beings are going to act and how they're going to define ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, for everybody out there, here, here are a few behaviors that can show integrity. Be independent and following through on commitments. We all have kind of trouble with following through with commitments, I think, but things get in the way, being open and honest when communicating with others, holding yourself accountable and owning up to your shortcomings. So there is a few behaviors uh, that shows that you have integrity. Well, I have one, two, yeah, I have one that, that shows I have integrity. Being dependable and or I should say, following through with my shortcomings. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I think the opening up, being open and honest about things. Mm -hmm. um, I get labeled as because I tend to be too vocal or too open and honest. Then I get labeled as being too opinionated. Oh, okay. And so that's that's the new world order that we yeah. we live in now. Whereas I grew up with, uh, my family was very, very small. I don't have brothers or sisters. And so I grew up pretty much an adult from the time I was born. And that was pounded into my head. And so I didn't know any other way except just to say things the way that they were, not being rude or disrespectful, but just from my honest opinion. Well, now I hear really often that I'm just a bit too opinionated. And, and so I, I wear that badge of honor now. <laughs> well, you and me both. <laughs> and on certain topics, we are very opinionated on. Well, I think I'm opinionated in general. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's just on certain topics. But let, let me just play ad, ad devil's advocate here because, you know, it's funny, Linda and Paul, your quote unquote opinionated things are one of the characteristics I like most about you because I always know where you stand. You know, there's no there's no worrying about, oh, what are you saying behind my back or what do you really think? Are you telling me what you really think? And the thing is, is you can be opinionated 
and be respectful. Everybody can have an opinion, but we've somehow as a culture gotten it in our heads that if if you disagree with me, Linda, you're somehow against me. Like that's what I don't understand the shift that's happened in our our country. And we saw this with politics. You know, if you want to believe in a, a certain leader or you don't want to believe in a certain leader, that's certainly your prerogative. That's your choice. But how are how is you disagreeing with me being respectful or disrespectful? It's like, oh, I'm only respecting you if I agree with you. And I, you know, and I found myself during all this, you know, political brouhaha saying I I respectfully disagree. I respectfully and I kept having to interject the word respectfully in in order to give my opinion, because if my opinion differed than the people, you know, here in California, I was somehow rude or disrespectful. And I certainly wasn't using profanity. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't talk over people. I simply disagreed. And that's where, you know, we kind of circle back to what Linda was talking in the beginning of the show about, you know, the, the melting pot that is our country is made up of all these different cultures, all these different mm -hmm. belief systems. So we have to learn a way to respectively coexist with a neighbor who might believe the exact opposite of me. But they're just beliefs and beliefs change. So, you know, when we know better, we do better. That's why we have these shows, because we all walk away with learning something a little different, a little new, and maybe come closer together to realize that, yeah, we have differences, but why are we focusing only on the differences? Why aren't we focusing on, on you know, the, where we are like minded in the human spirit? You know, it's funny you bring that up because, you know, I got the seven things to be respected by. And um, I sometimes try to live by these, but it's hard. But listen and be present. That's, I guess that's respectful, right? Listen and be present. Uh, be thoughtful of others, other feelings. And acknowledge others and say thank you. Well, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that don't even say thank you anymore. I don't think I've ever heard. I mean, I've heard people say it, but do they really mean it? And you know what also really bugs me, Sarah and Linda, is apologies. Apologies are like, um, they're like the word, uh, I'm here. Apologies are used like they're like they're out of nowhere they don't mean it people don't when they say oh yeah we're sorry i'm so sorry i'm so sorry. i don't know if people really mean what they say i mean i don't think i think apologies are way 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 overused and they're raw and they're used in the wrong wrong content that's what i think i i think i mean when people say how many times can a person say i'm sorry to somebody you know and really mean it you know i don't think people when they say oh geez i'm so sorry well are you talking about publicly or privately i'm talking about both i don't think i mean people i'm i'm i i don't know if people really apologies are so overblown that it's just unbelievable i mean know? i think that in a private sector i know with the group that i work with here if I said something that offended them or I did something where they their feelings got hurt, I would say I'm sorry right away. 
I, well, yeah, you mean it. You mean it. But there's people out there that just use it just to say, right, you know but what? That's why I'm asking you because you're generalizing. We have yeah. to be careful about yeah. generalizing because yeah. I believe there's a lot of people that can say they're sorry, like like myself or the people that I work with that I know here really well that really mean it. Um, you know, we when you see the same people every single day and you're all working and, you know, some days people come in in good moods, some days not so good moods. You don't know what goes on at home. And sometimes we step over one another or we say things that might hurt somebody's feelings. But we always um, are respectful of one another and will say we're sorry. So I think that's really important to keep in dialogue. I understand what you're saying, but I was just trying to get you to define it. Are you talking about back to what's on the airwaves, what's in the media? Yeah, I'm talking about the people that, like, well, the leaders of this world, you know, they have to walk things back all the time. But do they really mean what they're walking back? You know what I mean? I mean Sandra, what's your take on this? I think, again, that's your, what your, your core is what you're talking about is integrity. You know, when you apologize, is the person apologizing being an in integrity? You know, are they really right. sorry or are they just throwing it away to move on and get on to the next thing? And, right. you know, that's that's where, you know, I don't think you can go wrong using the words, but try to have your words be in alignment with what's in your heart and what you really feel. And if you don't, if you, you know, like I force my kids sometimes to apologize to each other, you know, they're having like a lot of punch fests during the COVID and I'm like, you guys apologize <laughs> to each other. And they're like, I'm sorry. And the other one's like, I'm sorry. And then they're yeah, like, making right. faces yeah. at each other. Like, you know, what's the point, you know, at that point, I mean, I'm training them to apologize as an adult, but, um, you know, have integrity means speaking truthfully. And if you're not sorry and you're forced an apology or you're just throwing it at someone just to keep the peace, you're really not in alignment with your integrity. Yeah, that's what I was meant to be. And so I meant to say is that, yeah, what you just said is perfectly. And yeah, your little kids, yeah, they don't even know what the word sorry means. They just say it. They just have to say it just to say, look, mom, I said it. You know, <laughs> but yeah, so ad address mistakes with kindness. That's number four. Hey, that's a good one. Make decisions based on what's right, not who you think. Huh. Respect physical boundaries and live and let live. Huh. There's seven ways to respect one another, I guess, is what was what I what do I have here? So. Well, I think, so, you know, when you talk about conflict, you know, especially conflict mm -hmm. in the workforce or conflict with with friends, you know, you, we have this in my household a lot because I have two teenage boys and then I have my 87-year-old dad and then I'm somehow in the middle. So we've got different generations, different belief systems. And when you can have respectful discourse, you know, you can talk to each other and my kids are not calling each other idiots, which is usually what it devolves into because they're teenage boys. <laughs> Um, but we all walk away learning something different. And that's where, where beliefs, there's a fluidity to beliefs. It doesn't mean you're wrong or right, but when we know better, we do better. When we know more, we think differently. And, you know, we're supposed to get better as we age. We're supposed to evolve into whatever we're going to evolve into. And so shouting down somebody because their belief is different than you doesn't 
do anything but cause chaos. But having a discussion, maybe we walk away each learning something. I mean, that's why we do these radio shows. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have the answers. Nobody does. But when we can talk about it in a respectful manner, when we stand in our truth or our integrity, then we have the opportunity to grow together. Well, you know, I I live in a very multicultural <clears throat> block where I live. And um, the cultures, oh, they are really different. I mean, they're really different as far as, as you know, as far as manners go, um, as far as beliefs go. But um, I, I have, I, I live by them. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I have my own belief systems, but I, I show respect for those people. I, you know, I may walk away thinking differently, but I, I'm, I mean, I show respect for them. But I tell you what, it's hard. When you got all these different cultures coming into the uh, into this country, what is right and what is wrong, you know? Or is that even something that you measure? Right. Because back in my grandparents' time, um, you know, in the town I was raised in a hundred thousand um, population town, and you had the German neighborhood, and you had the Swedish neighborhood, and you had the Norwegian neighborhood, mm-hmm. and you had the Italian neighborhood, mm-hmm. and that's the way it was. And that was just the blending of cultures. I don't see what's going on now any different than what was going on then, with the exception of there is a incessant um, messaging that says you don't have to work for this. You just should have it because you want it. Whereas back in my grandparents' time, the messaging was we are so grateful and we're going to do whatever we have to do. and. So that was pounded into my head growing up with immigrant grandparents, because we all live together, that you will respect, um, you know, your elders, but you'll respect the government, you'll respect the country, you'll be grateful every single day for the freedoms that you have. Um, That's another thing, people have lost gratitude. So that was part of my buildup of integrity. And there was never a conversation about there were jokes i mean the dumb swede jokes yeah there's books that are still out there now with Oli and lena and dumb swede jokes yeah. i mean well, it's, it's we had those polish jokes in my neighborhood because my mom was polish and my dad was german so there were the dumb polish jokes like every everyone had their group right and so we just laughed about it we never thought anything of it and i think that's the difference that we were all face to face we all knew each other. We all blended in and we learned from one another. And I think that's what Sandra was trying to say. Well, well and it, yeah. And we, we, we might have had dividing lines, but because I, I grew up with Mennonite, Amish and English, and then the English were separated into like English, Polish, German, Italian, and they were all segregated. And, you know, but there wasn't the, the animosity that we have today and the anger and the um and when you talked about entitlement linda like i love that you brought that up because 
you know, when you're in integrity, integrity is about being responsible for your own condition, you know, not only your emotions, but your, your, you know, what is yours and what is mine, you know, good boundaries and respecting those boundaries. And what we have today is this demanding, like, I should have this because you have it. Well, no, <laughs> you know, didn't know. <laughs> That is just no, I mean, and and I was immigrant parents too. both of my parents were born, you know, in Europe, and they came here. And the one thing that I found that's different with my kids having, you know, their German grandpa living with us is from the other kids is that working hard in our household is praised. It's something to be proud of. If you put in a good work day, you should be proud. If the kids did their homework, you know, they should be proud. But some of the prevailing things with the generation today, and I see them because they're in my house, they're like, yep. how fast can I get it done so I can go play or do what I want? And can I Google the answers you know, for whatever, so that I can get the work done as fast as I can. It doesn't matter if I learn anything so that I can just go do what I want. And I think the the go do what I want is the the hardest thing that I have with this new generation coming up is they have an instantly, they want to get everything done to do what they want so they can be free to do whatever they feel like. And that's that's not how you build a culture. That's not how you build a government or a country. You know, and you know what? I think everybody, I think the whole generation is is walking around with ADD. That's what I think. I think we all got, I think the newer generation has ADD due to these cell phones, computers, and a quick, you know, they want everything quick. You know, they want everything like on the second. You know, they don't have patience. They don't have uh, gratitude. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't have gratitude. And it's just, it's, it's a sad deal, but for just wrapping up today, I want to thank um, my co-host Sandra Beck. Sandra Beck for being here today. So thanks, Sandra. I I really appreciate you coming in. I should say calling in from California. <laughs> and I want to thank my special guest Linda Pavick for coming in today. Thanks, Linda. Glad to be here. You betcha. And then I want to thank also the sponsors. Um, the sponsors of the great Beezy Board, Beezy Trans Systems, the makers of the Beezy Board. You can check them out at beezyboards.com. That's B-E-A-S-Y boards.com. The makers of the premium transfer board and also by Copper Touch, a lifetime of germ protection is right there in your hands with Copper Touch, coppertouch.com. Again, I want to thank you all for listening and we will see you next time. Adios. On behalf of your hosts, Linda Pavick and Paul Frazier, and our friends at BZ Trans Systems, thanks for listening. For more information, go to www.bzboards.com. Join us next time on Back to Life Radio.